Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Yes. Amen. We're going to turn the word of God to Lamentations chapter 2 and verse 19. I wanted to preach a barn burner tonight. I wanted to preach something that was uh, hanging off the chandeliers, but uh, this is what I kept feeling the Lord bringing me, bringing me back to. So here we go. Lamentations 2 and 19. Arise, cry out in the night, in the beginning of the watches. Pour out thine heart like water before the face of the Lord. Lift up thy hands toward him for the life of thy young children. God, we thank you for your word. Lord Jesus, we know that your word is anointed. We pray that you would anoint your messenger now. God, hide me under the shadow of your cross. In the mighty name of Jesus, let your word hit its intended target tonight, God. I pray in your mighty name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Uh, my title of the night is simply this. Pour out thine heart like water for the life of your children. Amen. And whether you have children or not, there is something for every one of us in this message tonight. In Jesus' name, I know that. So, I know pastor preached a message not too long ago. It might have been last Sunday about intercessory prayer and praying for our children. And uh, I know that we've been doing that. Amen. Anybody been doing that? Amen. So, here we go. It's very probable that the prophet Jeremiah wrote the, this verse the, the, we, that we just read in our text. Uh, and the primary intended target for this verse were for the survivors of the destruction of Jerusalem. Because of the sin of Judah, God allowed the Babylonians to conquer Jerusalem and take them into captivity. And we know this since the beginning of time when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. Sin has brought destruction wherever it is left to run rampant in a nation. We can see it in our nation or in a person's life. Amen. We know the first part of Ezekiel 18 and 20 says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. It's been very, very, made very clear from the beginning of time that sin always brings separation from God if it's not dealt with. And although we know in the last days, God said he would pour his spirit out upon all flesh. Anybody believe that? We are also warned in the word of God that there will be perilous times. Unfortunately, we do not live in a perfect world. If we look around us, it's not perfect. It's nighttime. It's the evening time. Amen. And sin runs rampant in this end time hour. Second Timothy three verses one through seven. Give us a little picture of the end time. It says, and I'm going to read from the ESV, okay? But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, perilous times. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and cap capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. That's the generation that we live in. 
I believe that we are living in the last days. And this is the epistle written to Timothy. And it, just second, and it describes our day very, very well of where we are. It's a crazy world that we live in now. You can look and you can read this and that and things that are happening in the schools and all over the place. We live in a crazy world. But I want to remind you of this fact. The devil has not won. And no matter what he says, uh, we are on the winning side. Uh, he is not going to win. We must constantly remind ourselves of the words of Jesus in John chapter 16 and verse 33. These things, Jesus said, have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. It's a shall, but be of good cheer. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. We might live in tumultuous times, but we don't have to worry. We're hand in hand with a master. We're hand in hand with the one that has already overcome the world. Caught up in the middle of this mess that we just read about are our children. And as parents, we are the greatest influencers in our children's lives for the good or for otherwise. I know there are many people sitting before me right now watching online that have done their very best. You've done the best that you could to live for God, the best that you know how, the best way that you could while your children were in your home. Or maybe your story is that while they were in your home, you had not totally yet given your life to God and been born of the water and the spirit. Or maybe there was a time where you were away from God and the devil would like to torment you with that. Romans 3 and 23 says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all human and we all make mistakes sometimes. And the devil would love for you to be distracted by what you did not do. Somebody hear me right now. The devil would love for you to be distracted by what you did not do. But somebody tonight needs to realize in the Holy Ghost that the decisions that you have made, the decisions that have been made not by you but by your children, they're not an indictment against you. Their decisions are not a reflection of some failure that you made as a parent. We must, we must realize that it is not over. The last chapter has not yet been written. It is not over. Now is the time to pour out your heart like water for the life of your children. Now is the time to intercede on their behalf. We know the spirit of the world is after our children. We know the spirit of the darkness of this age is after our children. But we need to use the powers of the kingdom of another world. We're not citizens of this world. We're strangers and pilgrims. But we are ambassadors of another world. We are ambassadors for Christ. Amen. And the enemy is attempting to get our kids to push back against kingdom authority. The spirit of lawlessness that is active in this world now. And that spirit of lawlessness already is, it always leads to deception and to confusion. But in these last days, God is drawing and God is going to draw prodigals home by the multitudes. I declare it in the name of Jesus. God is going to empower our children to lead the church into greater works than these. That's why I quote Acts 2 and 17 all the time. 
It may not truly be reality in my life fully yet, but it will be. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters. Amen. The daughter that's going to be here shall prophesy. Hallelujah. It's going to happen. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall see dreams or dream dreams. Your sons and your daughters, that doesn't get old to me. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. It's a word from God. It's going to take place. It's going to happen in the name of Jesus. You just got to declare it. You've got to pray. You've got to let those tears come and let those tears flow and pour out. Your child will be one of those great kingdom victories. We must believe it. We must believe it. Come on, somebody. We've got to believe it. We've got to prophesy it. We've got to declare it. We've got to speak it. Mark Schultz wrote a song quite a few years ago. And it's called, She Was Watching. Verse 1 says, He always called her daddy's little girl. She was four years old. Waiting by the door to run into his arms each time that he came home. And every night he tucked her in and read to her in bed. And when she... When she'd fall asleep, he'd close his eyes and gently bow his head. And then it goes on. But she was watching her daddy praying and thought someday I want to be like that. She was watching what he was saying and the way he bowed his head. And though she can't recall the prayer, she was watching. I know I didn't get the tune right. I know the tune, but... That's a little bit of an emotional song for me. But let me tell you in the name of Jesus uh, that your children have been watching you. From a young age, your children have been watching you. And no matter what the devil's declaring to you or not right now, no matter what the enemy's speaking into your mind right now, you need to realize in the name of Jesus uh, that they were watching uh, and the Lord is going to have the final say. The Lord will bring it to pass. Uh, the Lord is drawing your children from the north, uh, the south, uh, the east, uh, and the west. Your efforts were not in vain. All those prayers that you prayed when they're in your home, yeah, it was not in vain. God is still working. That's one side of it, right? Now, what about today on the flip side of the coin? I believe in this crazy world, we need to evaluate what's currently going on in our homes and in our lives. Amen? A Swedish government study on the delinquency in teenagers found that where parents had conflicting values or were inconsistent in putting values, their values, into practice and tried to hold their children to values they themselves did not live by, their children were not able to internalize their values. In other words, expected by their parents to be more disciplined than the example set most of the children turned out to be much less so. And what made the difference was how closely the parents lived by the values they tried to teach their children. Mark chapter 10, verse 13 and 14. says, And they brought their young children to him, to Jesus, that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought him, brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, 
For of such is the kingdom of God. And I have a question for you. Will you be one that leads children to Jesus? Or will, will we be the one that blocks them and blocks the way of the children to get to Jesus? As parents, we've got to stand up and make godly choices. We know that. And all through the ages, we see where people had to do that. We're not the Lone Ranger. Are you with me? Good. We're not the Lone Ranger. It's a problem that's happened all throughout history. We read in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15. Many of you probably know this verse. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods, the small gods, uh, which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, uh, we will serve the Lord. God had performed incredible miracles for the Israelites. They'd seen him split the Jordan River. They'd seen the walls of Jericho crumble before their very eyes. He had destroyed enemy after enemy right before them. And with God, the Israelites had found that the Canaanites were powerless. And they were able to possess the land that God had promised them. But here they stood again, needing to make a decision after all of that. I don't know about you, but I don't want to forget what God's done for me. I don't want to forget all the things that God has brought me through. All the things that God has done for my family. The goodness of God. I don't ever want to forget about the goodness of God. But I'm standing here saying right now, and somebody needs to say tonight and redeclare it to, as for me and my house, uh, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. As for me, and I don't care what others do, I do. But right now, I'm saying for myself, as for me and my house, I am going to serve the Lord. Amen. We must ask ourselves the question, am I pointing the children under my influence to Jesus? And I said it before, am I help blocking the way by the little gods that I'm holding or choosing to hold on to? And little gods are simply anything that comes before the one true and mighty, powerful God. Anything that goes against the teaching of the word of God. That's the little gods. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. That's right. Make that determination. I'm not preaching tonight from a spirit of condemnation. So don't let the devil get in your head right now in Jesus' name. Don't let his voice get in your mind even right now. Amen. Nobody needs to leave this place feeling condemned or down, but I believe the Holy Ghost is challenging us tonight to, for us to do our very best for the Lord. We must remember God didn't create anybody to be a robot. Right? We're all free will agents. Every individual, every human was given a decision to live for God or not to live for God. People make their own choices. No matter who they are. That's just how life is. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, train up a child in the way they should go, or the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Right? God's doing that. God's taking care of it. Isn't it also possible that if you train up a child in the way they should not go, that we can lead them in a different direction? The English poet Samuel Coleridge talked with a man 
who did not believe that children should be given any religious instruction at all. This man claimed that the child's mind should not be prejudiced in any direction. And when he became older, he should be permitted to choose his religious opinion for himself. Coleridge said nothing. But after a while, he asked his visitor if he'd like to see his garden. The man said he would, and Coleridge took him out to the garden where only weeds were growing in the garden. The man looked at Coleridge in surprise and said, Why, this is not a garden. There's nothing but weeds here. And if you saw it, you'd probably agree. Well, you see, answered Coleridge, I didn't want to infringe upon the the liberty of the garden in any way. Children so badly need the godly example of a parent or an adult influencer in their lives. Left to themselves, they go to the way of the world. Left to themselves, they go to the way that we read about in 2 Timothy chapter 3. If you're a parent, at one time or another you've watched your child do something and maybe they said something at the wrong moment. They reacted a certain way, and maybe it was poorly. Probably was. And you cringed when you realized that you saw yourself in the mirror. That what just happened? Some lesser quality of your life came out through your child. And by their actions, you're laughing, some of you, because you, you, you can relate. You know what's happened. I, I, I've shared it before. I've heard many infamous words. I'm getting the glare down right now. I've heard many infamous words, like whatever, a few times. I've met my mini-me a few times. Oh, they're laughing now. They're turning away because here we go. It got serious. Maybe you said something or you did something or reacted in a particular way and then Realization hits you, literally, and you become your parent. You responded just as they would have responded. The very things you promised you'd never do or say, you're now doing and saying for the good or for the bad. Like it or not, we all tend to follow some of the footprints of the influential people of our lives. Like it or not, Our children learn to deal with problems the same way way that we do. They learn to blame others, if that's what we do. They learn to make excuses. Oh, I done started meddling now. Hallelujah. They learn to run away from problems. Maybe whine and complain a little bit. I'm still smiling, are you? But the opposite is also true. When they see you patiently trusting God through the valley. They see you just keep walking. The opposite is also true. When they see you operating in the arena of faith. When there seems to be no reason why you should have faith. 
Come on, somebody. When they see you exhibit integrity, when there's all kinds of reasons why maybe you shouldn't, because it benefits you to do that. Come on. When they see you put God first. When it's easy not to put God first, you say, you know what? I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto me. I could go out and make money, but I'm going to go to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. The opposite is also true. In Luke chapter 7, verse 36 through 50, we read a story that took place in the early ministry of Jesus. And you probably know this story, but I felt to share it again tonight. It says, And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears and to wipe them with the hairs of her head. And kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman that he is that is touching him. For she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said unto him, You know, he, he didn't even say it out loud. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible said he was just, he was thinking these things. He knows what you, God knows what you're thinking. Jesus answered and said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. When they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both, telling them, therefore, which of them will love him most? And Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. And thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins are many. Her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. That's one story. Right? And through a little research, we find out that at the time of Christ's visit to the home of Simon, the Pharisee was about 80, 31. And then we read this story that took place just six days before Calvary. John chapter 12, verse 1 through 8. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. And there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment, of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. And I could continue on with the story. The same thing begins to happen 
He says, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? The same thing his daddy did. You can read through the story and see it's the same thing that his daddy did. And it makes you wonder what kind of conversations happened around their table when it came dinner time. Who planted that seed into Judas? Who planted that seed? His daddy, probably, who got bitter. Because the same situation is going on. And here we are six days before Calvary. And the same thing is happening with Jesus. And now it's just another generation down. And he begins to get bitter. Let that bitterness come out. And he sells his soul. Whether you have kids or not, what you do or say has a huge influence on somebody's life. And it starts in the home with your circle of influence, whether it be a mom, a dad, a grandparent, a big brother, a big sister, whoever it might be. Whether we realize it or not, children are affected by what we are doing. Maybe it's older children that are affecting their siblings. And whether we realize it or not, our children are affected when we're a hypocrite. Oh, it's quiet in here. If we paint ourselves as one thing in public and then your children see that you are something else in private, it brings frustration into their lives. They're frustrated because by, their, by your actions that they are seeing, the way they are being led to believe that they're seeing, they think that everybody is a hypocrite. And there's nobody they can take at face value of what's going on. If we come to church and we act all spiritual and go home and run people down around the table, maybe like Simon did. Or maybe it's on social media. Your children begin to believe this is the norm and that everybody lives like this. But we must remember Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Speak life. Are we building up the godly authority in our lives, or are we tearing it down? Come on. Are you having the leadership team over for lunch and the pastor over for lunch, but they're not really there? Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Are we leading the children? Our children in a godly direction in the places we go, literally, or the places that we go virtually? Are we showing that God is first by our lifestyle and the way we respond to our lives and to life in general? Am I making sense tonight? For example, if we get offended by someone or something what approach does our children what approach do they see us take do they hear us tell people about our offense going from one to the other and then begin to think less of the offender <laughs> I'm sorry this is what God I'm not sorry this is what God put in my spirit so does your actions cause them to join in speaking negatively about the offender or do you go a different direction and take it directly to God in prayer 
about the offender where God can give you a better perspective and peace comes in your life and the feeling of venting for others dissipates and goes away. You see, the first action causes others to sin that you are leading. It causes others to disobey the word of God. But the second reaction brings honor to God and brings unity. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need be as some others, epistles of condemnation to you, or letters of commendation from you? Sorry, commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you. You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in the tables of stone, but in the fleshly tables of the heart. God has given us an incredible responsibility when it comes to our children. An incredible responsibility. And no matter what seems to be happening right now, never give up. No matter what's going on, what it looks like, never give up. It might seem like you're losing the battle, but don't give up. But don't forget to factor in God into the equation because that changes everything. Don't give up. Look at the life of Saul, who later became known as the Apostle Paul. Acts chapter 9, we see, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest. Well, you know the story. Saul became the persecutor of the church of his time. But if you skip down through the story, to the end of the story, we read something totally different. We see, but the Lord said unto him, to Saul, he said, go thy way. Sorry, he said said to Ananias as he was going to witness to Saul, but go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Saul, the persecutor of the church. Saul, the one that was bringing all the problems of the church. God said, he's a chosen vessel unto me. You don't worry about all that mess. You don't worry about all the nasty things that are going on in his life right now. You don't worry about that. You let me take care of that. He's a chosen vessel unto me. And he's going to be the one to bear my name before the gen- Can I just tell somebody right now, in the name of Jesus, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong. Your child may look like uh, to you that God will never use them in a great way. But I've come to declare to you, under the power of the Holy Ghost, uh, that just like God did for Saul, it might look like uh, it could never happen. But let me tell you, God has already chosen your child for this day, for this hour. God has already chosen your child for the 11th hour reward. And you need to claim it. Uh, you need to claim it in the name of Jesus. You need to get up in the midnight hour and let the tears roll in the name of Jesus. Prophesy it. Proclaim it. Speak it. Declare it. And know it because God is doing it. They're a chosen vessel unto the Lord. And through this story of Saul, who becomes known as Paul, we see the grace of God. The last part of Romans chapter 5 and 20 says, but where sin abounded, Grace did much more abound. Is anybody thankful? Come on, anybody thankful? Paul, formerly known as Saul, the persecutor was turned into a church planner. 
He wrote at least 13 or 14 of the books of the New Testament. That's who Saul turned into. It was Paul who wrote to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. I'm going to read from the NET. He says, be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. What? Look what God did in Paul's life. He was a persecutor of the church. He was the one that destroyed in all kinds of people's lives. But yet, he could stand up later on because of the blood of Jesus, because of the grace of God, because of the power of the Holy Ghost. And he could say, be an imitator of me, just as I also am of Christ. It's not too late. I've come to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost, it's not too late for your children to be an influencer. And it's not too late for you to be an influencer. It doesn't matter what's happened. It doesn't matter the lies the enemy has spoken into your mind. I'm telling you right now, you can do as Paul did. And you can stand up tonight and say, God, I'm going to get this right. God, I'm going to the power of the Holy Ghost flow in me and through me in Jesus' name. And you can stand like Paul did and say, be an imitator after that. Be an imitator of me. Just also, just as I also am of Christ. It's not too late. A portion of the text we read, and I won't be much longer, said, pour out thine heart like water before the face of the Lord. Lift up thy hands toward him for the life of thy young children. And I believe in the Holy Ghost. Again, it's time. I believe the Holy Ghost is saying all over again to us that are here tonight and those watching online. We must intercede over the ones that we have influence over like we have never done before. There are some great promises in the Word of God. Pastor read some of them a week or so ago. There's some great promises concerning our children. If you can't figure out what to say and get the word of God out and begin to proclaim the word of God, begin to speak what God has already ordained. Come on. Speak it and claim it. Maybe somebody needs to stand up right now and speak it and claim it. Speak it and claim it in the name of, come on, I just saw somebody, the Lord was telling you right now to stand up and claim it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love this verse right here. And again, I know I've read some, from some different translations, but I have this translation on my mirror, and I've read it before, but I love this one. It's Isaiah 49 and 25. In the NET, it says, Indeed, says the Lord. Somebody can claim this. Captives will be taken from a warrior. Spoils will be rescued from a conqueror. Indeed, he said, I will oppose your adversary and I will rescue your children. Does anybody want to claim that promise in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know I quoted this one earlier, but I love it and I quote it all the time. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour my spirit out upon all flesh and your sons, personalize it, and my sons and my daughter shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Somebody claim it in the name of Jesus. Amen.
I know God did it before. His word says that he is no respecter of persons. So I claim this promise right now. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 16 and 17. For thy work shall be rewarded, saith the Lord, and they shall come again from the land of the enemy. And there is hope in thine end, saith the Lord, that thy children shall come again to their own border. And thank you for it, Jesus. I thank you for it, Jesus. Hallelujah. Third John 1 and 4. If it's not this way, it's going to be this way in the name of Jesus. Declare it and speak it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. I say in the name of Jesus, every one of my children are going to walk in truth. Hallelujah. Some of you are experiencing joy because it's happening in your life right now. But there's somebody sitting before me tonight. And there's somebody watching online right now that you're about to experience a greater joy. You're about to experience, you've got to get it in your heart. You've got to get it in your mind. You've got to get it in your spirit. You're about to experience a greater joy. Your children are about to return to truth and walk in it. It's going to happen. It's already happening in the name of Jesus. I think this one was read the other night too. Psalms 127 and 3. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. Hallelujah. So tonight, who will be the example that God has called you to be? I think every one of us want to be. Over our children. Over the people that we have influence over. We read in our text, arise, cry out in the night. In the beginning of the watches, pour out thine heart like water before the face of the Lord. Lift up thine hands toward him for the life of thy young children that faint for the hunger in the top of every street. Who is willing to cry out in the night over their children? Who is willing to cry out in the night over the children of this city even? Who is pouring out their heart to God and interceding on their behalf? Who is lifting up their hands and claiming the young even of this city or the place that you live in? I do believe it's high time that we become intercessors as well. We continue to intercede. I know many are, but I just believe in the Holy Ghost that God wanted me to say this again tonight that we would just stir our hearts say God there's nothing more important than my kids there's nothing more important God that I have the people that I have influence over God I'm going to pour out the tears in the night Psalms chapter 126 and verse 5 in the ESV says those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy you're about to reap with shouts of joy because of the tears that you poured out in the midnight hour. You're going to be shouting and rejoicing when your children walk in those back doors. You're going to be shouting and rejoicing when your children walk into some apostolic church. You're going to be shouting and rejoicing when your children have truth revealed to them all over again. When deception leaves their lives, you will be shouting and rejoicing. There will be shouts of joy. We see from the story of Lazarus that it's never too late for God to step in to the life of a loved one. It doesn't matter how dead the situation looks. It doesn't matter how bad it stinks. How much you can't even stand to have a conversation. It doesn't matter. This story shows us, uh, amen, that when somebody comes into contact uh, with the master, everything changes. 
Everything changes. So I felt tonight that this is kind of two-pronged. I felt like God was challenging some of us. That we'd say, hey, I'm going to do everything in my power to lead my children in the way of the Lord. And the other part of it is God's telling somebody, it's not your mistake. Uh, it's not your issue. Uh, it's not your problem. Let me take care of it. Uh, just keep pouring out your tears. Uh, just keep knowing uh, that there's going to be a day of rejoicing. Uh, just keep knowing uh, it's going to happen. Uh, have faith in me and know that I'm working. Amen. Amen. I really don't have an ending for this message. But I do feel the presence and the power of the Lord. And I do feel like God would have somebody tonight just come and say, God, I'm laying myself before you again. And God, I'm, co I'm committing and surrendering all to you, God, that I might walk after you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And for somebody else, maybe as we're preaching, God, begin again to stir your heart to intercede for somebody. And maybe you need to make your way down. Not, not a maybe. You need to make your way down to the altar and begin to cry out for that individual. You're waiting for me to be done. God's just waiting for you to respond. It's up to you tonight. Whichever way that it is. You're not saying I'm a sinner. You're not saying I'm, I'm undone. You're just saying, God, I believe you. God, I trust you. God, I know that you're working. And God, I want everything that you've got for me. And I want to do it the, the way that you want me to do it. Is anybody that would respond right now to the word of God? Hallelujah, all over this place when you come. I know you care about your children. I know you care about the ones that you love. And I'm asking you right now in the name of Jesus to come down here and to cry out in the name of Jesus. God, in Jesus' name, I'm pouring out my heart like water right now for the life of my children, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I'm not walking out in condemnation, but God, I'm walking out in faith, believing, uh, knowing that you're working, uh, knowing that all things happen, Lord God, according to your timing, uh, according to your plan. And I know that behind the scene, Jesus, uh, you are doing great and mighty things, uh, and you're about to reveal to us uh, that what you are doing. God, we can't see everything you're doing right now, but God, there's getting ready to be a day of rejoicing. Uh, there's getting ready to be a day of dancing and shouting, uh, hallelujah, of joy because of the tears uh, that have watered the harvest field. He Come on, somebody cry out to him right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that there will be a sweeping of the Holy Ghost across this place right now. That strength would come into weary hands. That strength would come into weary minds. In the name of Jesus. Right now, God wants to give you strength. Lift your hands toward heaven. Lift your hands toward heaven. Come on, in Jesus' name. I know if you wouldn't do it for anybody else, you'd do it for your kids right now. In the name of Jesus, let them be a renewal i see in the holy ghost let there be a renewal that would come upon you right now receive ye the holy ghost be filled to overflowing with the power of the holy ghost be renewed in the power of the holy ghost i see it right now in the name of jesus that's it there's renewal in this place right now there's fresh favor in this place right now there's fresh anointing in this place right now i'm asking every parent would you lift your hands toward heaven and would you let the refreshing that god wants you to have come upon you right now lift your hands toward heaven and be filled with the Holy Ghost I'm asking every parent would you pray right now until you pray in tongues 
Pray right now until you pray in tongues. Your kids need it. Press through. Don't worry about this or that distraction right now. But press through for the sake of your children. There's a couple parents right now that you need it. You need it. You need the power of the Holy Ghost to refresh you. You need the renewing of God's Spirit in you. And right now, God is saying, I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to help you. The joy of the Lord is coming back to somebody right now in the name of Jesus. As the presence of the Lord sweeps across this place, God is putting his joy back into your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Yes. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.